All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you, Lisa, and welcome to episode 143 of Oilers Nation Radio. I'm Tyler Uremchuk, Nation Dan, Rick, Bagged Milk. Everyone's here. Usual cast of characters. I'm just hosting today for whatever reason. It's the summer. We like to mix it up. Have a few wobblies while we record them. Just have a good time. As always, our show is brought to you by Sherwood Ford, the giant. Check them out in Sherwood Park. Bag milk wants new Broncos. That yes, is what that's what I'm legally obligated to say in the ad read. That's all I'm allowed to talk about is just bag milk wanting the Broncos. Uh, but in all actuality, follow our friends on Sherwood Ford, the giant on Instagram. They got some sweet pictures going up all the time of their new models. They posted a picture of a truck the other day that looked just beautiful. Beautiful. I would say we would all look beautiful in a brand new Bronco. I'm yep. just throwing that out there. Hundred percent throwing it out there. I don't 100%. know if there's a I don't know if there's a vehicle in their showroom that we wouldn't look good in. These are, this, is true. Fair. this is true. Maybe a new Mustang, Sherwood Ford. I guess the Broncos aren't working. Four Mustangs for the boys? Huh? Brand new Vroom. 2022s, please. Vroom! Sound like me doing my lawnmower noises on real life. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, let's jump right into it with our Sherwood Ford giant question. Uh, with Vegas taking down Colorado last night, we now know the final four in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You got Tampa Bay going up against the Islanders. You got Vegas going up against Montreal. Those are the four. Short for giant question. What is your Stanley Cup final matchup? Anyone, anyone got theirs ripping, roaring, ready to go? I think everyone's going to have the... You, I think everyone's going to have the same one. I really don't see anybody going outside of... I um, guarantee you mine's different. Okay. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I think this is the majority is would <laughs> come out and say uh, Tampa Bay versus Vegas. 
that's that would be what I would say too is Tampa versus Vegas, but I would rather see Tampa versus New York. I think New York is just fun. They're a fun. I like you mean uh, Vegas, New York. What did I say? Vegas, New York. Yeah, Tampa. Vegas, New York. Vegas, New York would be more fun. I think just their fans are just nuts. The New yeah. York Saints thing, I love the chance. I love they're going bananas out there. So uh, I would I would we- pick New York. See Ebbs yeah. in the final. Ebbs in the final would be great. And also that would just give like a bunch of just trolley material for everybody who thought he couldn't perform in the playoffs. He scored a nice goal in uh, game five, I think it was, of that series. There's just a beauty on the power play that he talked home. Um, so, Dan, who are you going with? I'm going to say Islanders and Habs. Oh, come on. It, I don't know. Okay, so, <laughs> so here's my rationale. And, and Gaetan Haas will be the breakout star of the playoffs. I'll give you my rationale. <laughs> And I think it's it, it, like it's it's one of those things when you look at these two teams, they're kind of constructed the same, right? It's a it's a very system heavy game with, Which two? with the Habs the Habs leaning more on uh, on Carey Price than than the Islanders necessarily do on their goaltending. But for me, the Habs have done it time and time again, and until they prove me otherwise, I'm going to continue to support them now um, after beating both the Jets and the Leafs. Uh, and then and then on the flip side. I just think that the Tampa Bay Lightning are basically the same team that they were last year when they played when they played uh, New York in the Eastern Conference Finals in our bubble. Uh, when they beat New York in the Eastern yep, Conference Finals. In six games, you're correct. But the New York Islanders are a better team than they were at that time. And I feel like the Islanders really pushed the, the Lightning. They were the only team that really competed with the Lightning in that entire run. So for me, Islanders have, that's I, my prediction. I, I'm genuinely curious, why, what leads you to believe the Islanders are better this year? The the additions the, the, the additions of both uh, Zajac and Palmieri to me just seem to be exactly what this team needed to kind of I don't know like when you watch them play now that system they just like they absolutely smothered the Bruins for the last three games of that series they're like also was, missing Anders Lee though yeah but but it, like to me it was just like it was uncomfortable to watch the Boston Bruins with the best line in hockey be shut down oh, and, and just smothered by, by the, uh, the New York Islanders. That's Tampa Bay is also, yeah, but Tampa Bay is also adding a significant player from last year. Cause I'm fairly certain Stamkos did not play a lot in that series, if at all. And if he did play, yeah. he was really, really hurt. Yeah. And they're That's also fair. $17 million over the cap. Is and they, they, they added David Savard. And Eric yep. Chernak's a beast right now as well. Like he's blossomed into a legit top four guy. That Tampa team's a wagon, and that's why I'm going Tampa Vegas in the final. That's what I want as a hockey fan as well. I want to see two of the best teams in the NHL going head to head at the end. An underdog story is great. It's always a ton of fun. But I'm a fan. Oh, fuck of my drum. Yeah, and we're <laughs> gonna get into that. In just well, and I and I will say too, I would love to see an Islanders Vegas series because of the crowds that last the, those last few games in nassau coliseum yeah. in new york and then the vegas crowd is just the vegas crowd so i mean yeah it's it's uh i think it's, See, with, it's, Mon- I think it's fun all with montreal they beat toronto all hats off to them that's fantastic but they beat a jets team that's just not very good i'm sorry like they're we should have won that you know all the underlying numbers it, we lost it whatever the the most important status goals for yeah, we lost. I get it. Um, but when you look at all those underlying numbers in that series, like you got to, that's like rolling snake eyes twice at the craps table, man. Like that's to do that again, to win all those and lose four straight is pretty, but, uh, but I just don't s- think they swept yeah. the jets. Like it wasn't just, it wasn't, but just I just don't think, I just don't think Winnipeg is that them. good of it. Yeah. I just don't think Winnipeg is as good of a team as everybody, uh, 
I, as a lot of people make him sound up. I just, I just watch. I watched a lot of Vegas, Colorado. I just can't see Montreal being able to handle Vegas in a seven game series. Neither they are I. fucking good team, man. And it's going to be unless Carey Price goes nuclear and stands on his head. I just, I just can't see it. Vegas is cap- very good. The one caveat I will say to my abs going to the finals idea. Did you is say my abs? My I, my abs going to the finals idea. Like oh, I'm sorry. I'm sense. sorry. I just called my little ha- context. Little context. Thank you. The the my thought that the Habs are going to go to the finals <laughs> is that Vegas doesn't have that top line that's going to get shut down by the Habs because they can't they can't just stick Denota Stone because there's other players on that team that are equally as good as Mark Stone uh, when it comes to the offensive side of things. The goal, I don't know if Montreal can score. That'll be tough too. And the Golden Knights don't have their weakness is down the middle, right? And that's where like Colorado losing Kadri just killed the Avs because that's the one area where the Avs had like a decisive advantage was down the middle. Then you lose an important piece like that. And the Habs have, they have a bit of an edge. I'd give them down the middle of the ice, but I think that's, and in net, I'll give them the edge in price versus flurry. I love playoff price is just on another level this year. And flurry's had some stinkers mixed in here. The, the injuries, play- injuries too in Montreal. Yeah, there's injuries in Montreal. And even if it's healthy, the blue line in Vegas is just better, man. Petrangelo is worth every cent of that contract in the last 10 days. Shea I was, uh, or- just to your point, Tyler, I was watching Vegas the other night and it was the game when Mark Stone scored an OT. Mm-hmm. And it's just some of the first guys into the scrum. I was just looking at him, like shaking my head, like Mark Stone got him from Ottawa. Pacioretty was the captain of the Canadians. Petro Angelo was the, was from St. Louis. Like Fleury's playing on out of his mind. Like just their team is very good. It's, it's amazing. And it annoys me that they've just been able to collect all these really good players from other teams. Obviously the expansion was great for them, but the pieces they added afterward as well. I just, I can't see Montreal getting through it. Maybe I just, it's just cause I don't want to see Montreal get through it, <laughs> but uh, I, I just can't see it happening. I will say too. The other caveat is my bracket is absolutely wrecked. Uh, my bracket only, was fucked in the first round. The only teams that I had going through were Vegas and the Islanders, and I picked everything else wrong. Every other matchup <laughs> is wrong. So that's because you, you put that's because you put some trust in that really horrible organization out in uh, Carolina. Yeah. And the only thing, the only, the only, the only saving they, they grace you, I have, they is let you down I, again. They let I have you the down Islanders. Again. I have the Islanders going to the Stanley cup finals and winning. So if the Islanders did that, then I'm a genius, but otherwise I'm an idiot. What do we make of the, you know, we got to do this debate every fucking, however often, but every support, year supporting Canada's team. No, I'm not cheering for the Habs. I don't care. No. I don't care either. I like, I'm happy, I guess, for Montreal fans that they're able to have a good time right now, but I'm not sure if you piss off. I would rather that I would rather they just cancel the playoffs altogether right now because we're out. That's how I feel about it. I will not I just want to clarify. I just want to clarify. I'm cheering against Montreal now. I want Montreal <laughs> out now. I'm not sitting here going, Hey, do your thing. I want Montreal out now. I do not want to see another Canadian team win this. I do not know where this started from. Um, well, you look around the, at other sports. I don't. I don't see if in other sports, like it's, well, it's weird. And chances are, if you look around, like I, I'm just guessing off the top of my head, so don't quote me on it. But I'm guessing if you looked at the rosters, there's just as many Canadian players yeah. on the all four teams as there is on Montreal or close to. So, like, I don't buy it. I don't if, care. If Doesn't we're paying, 
if we're playing playoff coverage bingo, we just we just got a bingo because we mentioned that there's more Canadian players on other teams. We mentioned that we are actually there might be. I don't know that games, for sure, but but it's usually the case. The St. Louis Blues had more Canadians on their team than anybody else, kind of thing. Um, that we are actively cheering against the other Canadian teams, and uh, it's nonsense. And it, it just happens every single year. And I think it just happens because uh, statistically, we have less Canadian teams in the in the league than any yeah. other than any other but country. It mean, that doesn't mean but it, anything. But it's to me. it, but but we have the most ravenous media in the in the world when it comes to hockey and so they have to create storylines and thus the storyline is why aren't you supporting a canadian team but you gotta think that's just easy to get on board with the whole we're not going to want them to win they're not going to want to if montreal wins do you think they're going to put the cup in a car and take it around edmonton and let us yeah they're not going to share it no yeah Uh, the most they'll do is flaunt it if there's anybody from edmonton he'll bring it to town but like that's about it yeah I lived in uh, lived in Halifax. I don't know if you guys knew Did this, you? but in 2006, oh, really? I was I of course that. there for the Stanley Cup run, and I said that to a lot of people that were like, "Yeah, I'm cheering for the Oilers." I'm like, "Why? Why? Why do you care about us? Like, you haven't been there with us. I'm not accepting you as a fan myself. So don't like chum up with me. I've been through the <laughs> shit. I've seen <laughs> things as an Oilers fan, and you're you're joining in now that we're in the Western Conference Finals. No." No, thank you. Like to me, the bandwagon is open until the playoffs start. And then and then anybody that cheers for the Oilers after that is just trying to cheer for a story. They're not actually Oilers fans. So you, you're willing, you're willing to accept someone if like before the playoffs this year, they would have been like, you know what? I want McDavid to win. I'm on your bandwagon, Edmonton. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. I want 100%. it. But after that, if it's like after a round one win, they go, ooh, I liked it. At that point, it's like, no, 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 no. Doors yeah. closed. Trains left the station. Woo! Yep. That's why when we're not in the playoffs, I often pick a team that I want to see win, but I'm not like, Hey, I've been a so-and-so fan since day one. Like, no, that's not the way it works. Yeah. I think the playoffs are about cheering against teams now. And it's just because that's the way it's been for the last 20 years for us. I have no interest in watching Canadians fans have fun. Canadian fans, by the way, also still bring up the fact that they're the last Canadian team to win a Stanley cup. And that's was 93. So like they still bring that up and you don't think that if the Canadian fans win the Stanley cup this year, they're not going to be insufferable for the rest of our lives until another Canadian team wins. Like I don't understand the, yeah, that's where, that's where the disconnect happens for me. Also, I'm still judging people that I know that cheered for the flames in their run in 2004. So like, if you're cheering for the Canadians right now, I will judge you and I will, (laughs) I will carry it forward for decades. Bag milk holds grudges. I do. Too bad Martin Jelna couldn't score that goal. Hey guys, a <laughs> puck never went in the net. Is because he was an Oiler. He didn't want to win it for the Flames. It's true. These are facts. <laughs> we should we should try and make that tag that hashtag trend on the day that it didn't go in. The it was in hashtag. Oiler fans <laughs> should try and take that over from Flames fans so it devastates them. Uh, all right, let, let's move along here and go back, uh, circle into some Oilers topics here, and we're going to get into a debate later. But first, something that we will not debate at all. We will all just nod our heads in agreement on. Connor McDavid will win the Hart Trophy. He was nominated with Austin Matthews and Nathan McKinnon, and there is absolutely no way you can argue against McDavid winning this award. Nation Dan, I am staring right at you if you even try to pull some contrarian crap on this podcast. <laughs> David winning the heart. I will lose it. I will boom oh, from the Zoom call. He's winning. I was, 
it's, I wasn't going to say yeah. anything from my side of things. Okay. I agree with you. He's yeah. going to win. But if you want to find somebody that's trying to do that, Rob Rossi at the Athletic oh. is trying to bring in playoff performance into a regular season award. It's the goalpost, man. They just got to move them every year. They just shift. And you say it every time, Bag Milk, and you're right. And it's just – it's such a comical thing. Like, like I, it's it almost is removing the uh, – the ability to have a good regular season as a thing that you should be proud of. Like if you don't win the cup, unlike the other 31 teams that didn't win the cup, then you aren't as good as you thought you were, which is just such a joke. Like, why do we even play the regular season? Let's just seed the playoffs and have a playoff. And that's it. That's all we'll talk about because, because that's apparently how people want to do it now. It's such a, such a joke. Sorry. Yeah, this guy, this guy really yeah. thinks that, that Connor isn't like that. I was actually, I was curious why they even added the two other guys. Yeah, they should just not. <laughs> what's, the, what's, the whole, what's the whole point in putting the other two on there? Like, this is such a walk away. It's not even a question. It's, it's the funny thing too is like I was cruising around. Like to Dan's point, I'm writing a random thoughts article for OthersNation.com tomorrow, and part of it is the McDavid for heart thing. And I was cruising Twitter looking for people to coming up with mental gymnastics about why he shouldn't win, and it's the best. It's the best. Every year it changes. Oh, so, oh, he didn't make the playoffs, so he can't win the heart. Oh, well, this year he didn't win a round, so he can't win the heart. Like, it's just, it's the best. And it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to get it. The only question I have is how many people are going to not have him as their first place vote. That's going to be the funny thing, because he should win in a landslide with every single vote. He should have been nominated three times. He should have been nominated three times. This is his year, and no offense to McKinnon and Matthews, both great players, but I have about as much chance of winning the Hart Trophy this year as those two do. We should up our petty game, Bag Milk, and after the votes <laughs> come out, we should write an article about each individual writer that didn't have Connor McDavid as there. And just, like, just drag them. Just go Super after Do we them. get – Do they don't put out the list, do they? Like some guys can volunteer yeah. theirs, or do they put out the actual list? They, I think they're forced to now. Yeah, yeah, it's public, public info. Which is, so, which is the way it should be. If you can't, if you, if you can vote, you can answer for why you voted the way you voted. I guarantee you, there's someone who voted Marshawn number one. I guarantee <laughs> you, there's someone who voted Crosby number one. And if those first two things I just said came true, I guarantee you, the Marshawn vote came from a Bruins writer. And I guarantee you, the is it Mr. Haggerty? Is that who you're thinking about? Yes. I don't name names. That's exactly where I was going with that McDavid, one. <laughs> McDavid won't win it unanimously because a certain someone out in Colorado probably voted for Nathan McKinnon. And that guy probably had the question. It's was it the Dater, guy from the question Dater, last night? Dater Dater is Dater? So, he's so anti McDavid. He tweeted out earlier this year, he was like, Connor McDavid puts up points, but you want to talk about a real good hockey player, it's Austin Matthews. And I was like, oh, God, man, like, you want clicks that? Dude, if you want to know look everything at question, you need to- Look at his question last yeah. night. And just like, that's it. That's it. Wash your hands. This is the guy. Listen to the question. That's what he put it. Nate's been off the ice for 12 minutes. Just lost in game six. Season's over. Crushed. And you handled that type of garbage question. Like, I don't even know if there's a question. What the f- was that? My, like, just to paraphrase it, it was like a rambling mess. It was just like, bu- 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 and there's an F bomb in there. My favorite part about it was Pete Blackburn, Pete Blackburn, I should say, clipped it, posted it, and just put a Lameo as his caption. And then he got into <laughs> it with Dater in the mentions on that tweet. It was so fucking funny. I love it, man. That was just so good. 
Yeah, and Dater loved to pull out the whole, like, you've never been a beat reporter before. And someone else was like, well, Adrian, you're not a beat reporter anymore either because <laughs> you got fired for, like, sexually harassing someone in their DMs, and now you run your own independent hockey blog. We love bloggers, but we don't love Adrian Dater around here. All right. Um, sticking <laughs> on the topic of awards. Is that, that true? Way. I didn't know that either, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's why he wasn't at the Post anymore. Uh, I don't think he was even allowed in the PWHA for a while. It, it was... It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing I don't need to get into right now. Um, the other awards. There are some Oilers fans who are screaming snub because Tippett wasn't there for the Jack Adams, Smith wasn't in for the Vesna, and Nurse wasn't in for the Norris. Is there a legit – like, I'm looking at that. I don't think any of those three should have been nominated. Like, Nurse for Norris is the one I could hear a debate on, maybe. But yeah, I can see being close. The other two, I'm not. Like, I don't think Smith – he might be top five. I don't think Tippett's top five for the Jack Adams. Nurse might be top five for the Norris. But again, I didn't have a huge beef with any of them not being top three for those awards. I thought yeah, maybe I Nurse bef- would be the closest. But yeah. I'm Before you get upset, I think you have to see where exactly they, they came in in terms of fair. votings, right? Because if Nurse was fourth, fair. If Nurse was eighth or ninth, well, that's ridiculous. You know, yeah. um, I don't think I, I've no, I no clue how to judge Smith. Um, so I won't even touch. I try and keep my hands free of goalies. Um, and tip. Yeah, I guess same thing. If, you know, if he came in on a reasonable five, six, sure. But if he's 12, then yeah, I get it. It's something wrong. So I, I thought- I'm going to hold off my, uh, my judgment of that. till till they release kind of like the, the whole breakdown. I think that's fair. Dan. I, well, I was just going to say, I think the reality is like, you know, this season being as weird as it was, um, and and I talked about it, I think on in, on State of the Nation there on Tuesday, where they like a lot of these writers that cover their local team did not would not have been able to go and see you know other games. Yes, they can watch it on TV, and and yeah. you hope that they did take that time to do it. But but with the the truncated season, these writers are covering their team you know ninety five percent of the time, and and they're expected to watch other things. So I think what you're going to see a lot of is there's going to be one player in each, from each division that really got pushed, that got pushed higher up than the others. And then you'll see a second player from each division and it'll just kind of go down the, the, the cascading list like that. And that's just the way it is when, when it comes to the season. But yeah, I don't think that there's any, like there's no snub um, in any kind of debate when it comes to any of those things, just because like as good as Darnell nurse was, he doesn't have the name recognition that Victor Hedman does. He doesn't have the, he doesn't have the rookie season that Kale McCarr had. Like, and I'm not saying that those are, that those, those necessarily should be things that, that knock him down, but it's the reality of the situation. Is there some sort of, is there some sort of oath or something that these writers take that, Hey, we're not going to like, push our guy too hard. A guy votes for Brad Marchand to be the hockey, to be the best player in the league every year. Look, look, look where that comes from. And I, that that, that area in every, well, that's fine. But like, is there some unspoken thing, Tyler, you're going to have the best knowledge. There's some sort of unspoken rule where you're not supposed to do that. But I mean, that area where he comes from in every sport, it's just take him out of the, yeah, it's bad. Um, I, I think what I'd say to that is the really good reporters and the bulk majority of guys who make up the voting and, and, and are in the Professional Hockey Writers Association, they take a lot of pride in doing this. And, and I think that's where it comes from. So maybe not an oath, but a general pride in your work and, and it's understanding that, you know, you have 
it's not a huge deal, but you have a, you have a responsibility as a hockey writer to name these awards and be a part of hockey history. And a lot of guys do really, really take it seriously. And a lot of guys are, you know, sitting there at their desk into the wee hours of the morning debating who should be four and who should be high, five on their heart trophy ballot. Like that happens. And I think the real good writers, they, they really pain themselves over this. The lazy hacks, they, they'll do whatever they want. They'll fill it out in five seconds and ship it off or fill out the email, however, hell, however the hell they do it now. And I think now that the awards are posted publicly, that's nice because you can kind of tell who really takes their time and who just sort of says, ah, I think this guy did pretty good. Jot him in there. I like this guy. He's a good guy. He gives me good quotes. I'll jot him in there too. You can tell. Actually, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, if there was ever an Oiler that got a snub by not getting a vote on anything, it'd be Leon, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, that's, like, and then that's the McDavid snub. That's questionable. I will, like, where do you guys think when they break down the, the finals of the heart? Where does is, is well, Leon four? Can you pick, can you, like, honestly, can you pick, can you say that the best player on the team is Connor McDavid, number one, and then say, well, actually, it was Leon Dreisaitl, number four. Like, I, I, it's, it, to me, it's like for the writer, it's hard for them to yeah. justify that when they have 31 other teams or 30 other teams that they have. So does Leon just fall off the list then? Like, how does that work? I don't think, like, if I had to place a ballot for the heart, I don't think Leon's in my top five. Like, I, I think... The top crazy three, when you look at his points. The top three, I think they got right. And I think Crosby and Marchand are good as four or five spots. Crosby, I think, almost could have been nominated considering how good he was this year for a team that, you know, a lot of people didn't have high expectations for. And he had to do a lot of what he did without Malkin as that sort of, you know, buffer on the second line. So I loved what Crosby did this year. Um, I, I just don't think Dry Settles in the top five. You know, maybe six, seven, eight, whatever it ends up being. But uh, one of my favorite hot takes about Crosby was after the Penguins got knocked out. I just did a dumb tweet as i usually do which are most of my tweets i just said all right cassian for crosby final offer yeah i legitimately <laughs> got a dm from a guy that said i was dumb and he would never do a trade like that from an oilers Good. perspective i'm just oh. like okay <laughs> all right anyway that was odd apropos of nothing uh, before we keep moving on let's give some love to skip the dishes it's the weekend the weather's beautiful you just want to sit on your patio and have food brought to you Yes. Skip the Dishes makes that happen. You go on their app, you choose from the hundreds of restaurants they have there in the Edmonton area, and you place your little order, move your thumbs a few times, get that credit card info in there, and then bang, whatever it is, 45 minutes later, food's rolling up, you're eating like a king. Come on now. Skip the Dishes, download the app. I ordered some booze last week after we all yelled at each other. I dig that. I like <laughs> ordering the booze. It was nice. Smart man. It was real nice. All right, so we got through the hard trophy. We got through the awards. I'm literally going through the list on the podcast here. Uh, Devin Shore, that's something that got people nice and pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, man. I just, I got to say, like, Edmonton Oilers fans are the best. They're just the best. We've got four months till the next season starts. A fucking minor transaction on the to-do list gets taken care of. And, you know, there's... I can see, I can see both sides of the argument. You know, I could see why people liked the way he kills penalties, his hustle, blah, blah, blah. Like all that. I can see on the analytics side while he was outscored two to one, he was outshot two to one. I'm like, okay. But like what I don't understand, I guess, is just how fired up either way people were about this one. Cause like, if this is how fired up people are about Devin Shore, what's going to come when the meat and potatoes come later on in the summer? You know what I mean? Yeah. We're like, how angry are we going to be? Like, let's just say he's my boy. Ryan Nugent Hopkins signs an extension. 
actually, you know what? Any extension nude signs is going to piss people off like crazy. So like, I can't wait. It's the thing that I love the most about the Oilers is, and Oilers fans specifically is just, we're arguing about a fourth line guy this passionately and with this much just fury it's the best it made me laugh the comment section on the nation was great twitter was funny <laughs> throwing memes down just like grenades down the middle was fun i had a good time with it i don't know i i think if this signing would have happened on august 2nd we wouldn't have heard a thing about it and come training camp a lot of the people pissed off about it would have been like, oh, yeah, shit, I forgot they brought back Devin Shore. <laughs> but because it was the first move and it happened when there's nothing else to talk about about the Oilers, people are, like, throwing down the gloves. They're getting their charts. They're yelling about the eye test. It's just <clears throat> insanity, man. Like, I, from every side. If you love the Devin Shore signing, that is great. I don't mind it. It's $850,000. It doesn't I, matter at all to me. You can bury that for nothing, and he's in the minors at some point. And if he's good... He's a 14th or 13th forward who can play center or the wing, kill penalties, he skates okay. I just, I don't see a reason to freak out about it, but people were like yelling so loud about this signing on both sides of the argument that I was just like, guessing gold side, like, come on. I want to try and make up like a, I thought since the Devin Shore thing was so funny that it would also be fun to just try and start the same kind of drama that the Oilers let Gaetan Haas go. You know what I mean? Just like, come on, they're fucking Gaetan Haas. And just like, just get really upset about it. Just he in was, the complete opposite direction. Fucking he was so effective at his own end and he helped <laughs> stop the goals. Like I, and I think what, it, I think to me, what the, the argument is telling me is that there is a war coming boys and we have to choose a side. Are you analytics or are you not? And that's that's the battle that I think is 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 rising up within Oiler fandom. I know it's been it's been there. But if he signs someone like Blake Coleman to a reasonable contract, everyone's going to be happy, (laughs) right? Like if it's Blake Coleman for three point nine million dollars on a three year deal, everyone should be happy. If they get Thomas Tatar, they won't be. You know, agency for you know that's not the case though, Tyler. You know it's not the case that if they Uh, sign Blake Coleman for a reasonable deal, that everybody will be happy. It's just not going to be. Think we're going to have an off season that keeps everyone happy? I'm going to hold on to that. The big news that slipped under the radar, I think, of most Oiler fans is the chosen one, Martin Marincin, is going back to his home country. No. He cannot, he cannot find a, a deal here. Just like Gaetan Haas, just yeah. like uh Joachim Nigel. He's Nigel. choosing to go he's choosing to go then, because it's not that he can't find a deal because a well, guy like him's not gonna sign till halfway through the summer yeah. anyways. Or which is fine. I mean, at that point, why not just Is he going it? home, regrouping, becoming stronger? So that he can really make a charge for a Norris next next season. Yeah, I think that's, that's, fair. I think that's the the computer boys would say that's the case. Yeah, and that's and that's exactly it. Is that we we attribute these players to either the eye test darling or they're the not eye test darling, and if they fail, God help the team that he was chosen for because although, it's going to be a mess. Although I will say, <laughs> and I'm not really on either side of this thing. I think the word analytics is just a sour word. Like if you just use simple language a lot of anti-analytics people are going to like you know really like what you're saying but as soon as you're like per 60 or expected they're like what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) but my favorite thing is when an announcer or anyone will be like you know that uh that philip pinot or philip deneau jeez uh that deneau he does so many things you know the analytics they just won't tell you he does a lot of things so well and what makes him a good player is what he does on the ice not the spreadsheets, 
But then you look at the spreadsheets and they also tell you he's like a great centerman and he's really undervalued. And it's great when someone's like, oh, the analytics are wrong on this guy. When like, no, they're actually correct. And everyone's right. Philippe Deneau is the kind of guy who the numbers and the eye test likes. We talked about analytics a little bit last week. And I think the way is you can't just rely on one way or the other. You need, you need to like, they're tools, right? They're, they're tools to evaluate. And I don't think it makes sense to go full money ball because if that's the approach, it's not going to work. Baseball starts from the exact same position every single play. That's not hockey, man. Exactly. Also, that's not hockey. You want to go full money ball, the Oakland days never won anything. <laughs> no, they, yeah, they lost. <laughs> so here's the thing. I, I said it. We in made a movie tweet. out of it, but who gives a shit? There's a good I movie, too. It, yep. I said it in a tweet yeah, to, great uh, to your coworker, Tyler, actually, uh, 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 Oh, good. Lieutenant Eric, uh, that I think that there's like, if you look at it, like analytics is, let's just say analytics is the dark side of star Wars and the eye test is the light side They you have to find balance in the force. Uh. And the the true balance is, is that we continue to argue about it and we will argue about it until the end of time. That's Uh, the, that's the real balance. And, And a team that has an analytic darling paired with an eye test darling is going to win the Stanley cup every time. Speaking of Lieutenant Eric, he had a great troll job on their show the other day when they were at the peak of the arguing about Devin Shore coming back from a commercial break. He plays a goal call and it's Kevin Quinn. And he goes, and the puck goes back to the point. Shot from the blue line scores. Mark Fain. It's one nothing Oilers. <laughs> it was a great time. A great yeah, time. the whole time we were signing Mark Fain because of the computer boys. When really, we should have been signing green instead or getting green instead, you know? Yeah. Um, all right, quickly here, uh, let's give some love to Cornerstone Insurance. Cornerstone, INS.ca is where you can find them. Get yourself covered. Fantastic services. Proud partners of Oilers Nation as well. We love them very much. Solid protection, sound advice, Cornerstone Insurance. We are done with the short talk. We've done all the playoff talk. Um, I don't know what I wrote down here. Oh, Haas. We talked about Haas as well, so that's checked off the list. Uh, oh, I got a question, though. I got a question about yeah, yeah. Haas. Nygaard, like literally as the boys are packing up their lockers, signed a six-year deal in Sweden. And then Haas signed a five-year deal in Switzerland. Like Oilers bottom six, if you're looking for a long-term deal, a little bit of smoke over like a, a, an extended contract, head over to Europe, boys, because they are handing well, out term over there. We're doing what we're doing, what we did with Barry. We're doing for the other guys too. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be our pitch to European free agents. So be like, listen, if your club team in the Dell is only offering you two years, one or two seasons with Connor McDavid here in Edmonton, they'll go long term. You just got to sweat them out a little bit. You may not play every night, but you will sign a long term extension when you're done. I guarantee it. It's just it's it's amazing. Like, I don't know. We were talking about this before we started recording, but like, I don't know if long term contracts are the norm like this over in Europe, but I find it endlessly fascinating that the season is literally still warm for the Oilers. And these guys are just like long-term deal back home. All right. Well, and for a team, if there's no, if there's no, like if you're, if you're looking at it from a European team's perspective, there's no risk to having Gaetan Haas become less effective for you. Like he's a good player and it's not going to, it's not going to kill you to have, you know, half of Gaetan Haas as an Edmonton Oiler playing for your team locked up into those contracts, because I would assume that those contracts are like a, you know, like a football contract where it's like, if we don't like you, we can walk away from you kind of thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's a, it is a, it's a funny thing that, like you said, bag milk, the body isn't even cold yet. And all these players have departed for their, for their new I'm, countries. I'm like when you see the UFA sign it, like, 
It's like when you see the UFA sign like four minutes into UF, UFA season, like yeah. we weren't talking yesterday. <laughs> we just negotiated very quickly. <laughs> I just checked my spam folder this morning and this, this contract offers was just waiting there. I don't know. The way they work around that is the agent gets a call from a GM and it's like, hypothetically, <laughs> if, if my team was looking for a left winger in free agency, would you know anybody? Yeah, do you know anyone who would maybe sign for four years, four mil? And the agent goes, I know a guy, but I, I think the guy I know is more looking for four and a half. Never use names, just very vague. <laughs> Lurk around. Um, I will say, though, I'm kind of a fan of them. I, I don't love that negotiating window beforehand because it just ruins the excitement of free agent day. Like, just say, go back to saying it's illegal to tamper and we're going to get big, exciting news on July 1. And you're still going to get your signings early on. It's going to happen. They're going to cheat, but still. Looking at puck We just get four days of excitement coming in right at 11 a.m. Exactly. Whatever time it starts. You're like, yeah, yeah, that was good. Looking at puckpedia.com, boys. I'm just uh, one guy who, you know, he'll probably be in the AHL, NHL, but I could also see him bouncing over to Europe. What do you think happens to Dominic Cahoon, RFA this year? I wouldn't bring him back. Um, I didn't even mind what he did, though. Like, I liked Cahoon here. He's fine. But you got to aim higher than that this offseason. He was fighting above his weight class, for sure. He was. And, like, is he a full-time top six winger? No. Top nine, maybe. Top nine, maybe. But even then, I want to see Ken Holland swing harder. I want to see him bring back Nuge, go get one of Coleman, Sauter, Hyman, add them into the top six, and then go out and get another guy as well. Go acquire, go sign Michael Bunting. Like, there's a guy who might have a higher upside than Cahoon, scored 10 goals in 20 games. Like, there's so many more interesting options out there that you can go take a chance on someone with a higher ceiling than Dom Cahoon. Especially when, like, if you're watching the playoffs this year, flat cap, you know? Yeah, and if you're watching the playoffs this year, it's pretty rough and tough out there, right? Like, I'll, I know a lot of people aren't too much on the side. You know, they don't want to go to the sides and stuff. But the Cahoon's role, my preference would be to, you know, if you have the same skill set, if I get a bigger body down there. Yeah, totally. I just, yeah. you know, if you, we've, you've watched these series, man. Like, they are, they are rough. Because, like, when they had and Cahoon I'm, and Yamo on either side of, like, the second wing, that's or second line, that is a small line. You What yeah, they need Nuge to do this offseason – Yep. is they need to find the hybrid of Pat Maroon and Dominic Cahoon. Big body. But isn't that Coleman? Braden Shen. Uh, Coleman's not as big. Coleman's under six feet. Um, but a big body with good scoring there. touch and good offensive instincts. Cahoon brought the offensive instincts, and he skated mm-hmm. pretty well. Maroon had the scoring touch and the size. Combine those two, and that's a guy who you're probably going to have to pay more than $5 million a year for in all likelihood. But that's who they need to be eyeing up here. I think they'll go, go free agent for one, and I think they'll go trade for another one. But I think we'll see a couple left wingers brought in on top of Nuge. On top of Nuge. Oh, hear anything Jesus. about hear anything about RNH, Tyler? I've just stopped looking. No, nah, yeah, I just there's nothing. I Stoffer dropped a dropped a little piece of info uh, on his show the other day, saying he expects Holland to reach out to the representatives soon if he hasn't already to to reignite the talks, but. I'm still, I'm still pretty confident they'll get something done. I just think free agency can be a harsh wake-up for some players. And I think Nugent Hopkins might find out on day one that there are teams who are interested in him, but there are those same teams might be going, ah, but we're in on, I doubt it'll be Landeskog, but those teams might be like, you know, we're in on Saad too, or, you know, we're looking at some other centermen too. Like, we'll keep you in the mix. And he might at some point just go, you know what? That last offer from Edmonton is good enough for me, and he'll come back or he'll tell his agent to stop playing around and to get a deal done at, at some point. So I'm confident. Or like the reality is 
there will be a team that can offer Nugent Hopkins more money, but do you want to play there? Yeah, yeah. that too. We've just want- had two. We've just had two players speak up today, vocally say that money's not the biggest thing going forward for them. I assume one is yep. you know Krejci. He's he's old, but whatever. Um, but at least Halsey's in the same position, and they've both come out to say it and said you know money's not really the biggest thing going forward. I think if that's the type of thing that these players are starting to uh, that's that kind of their yep. mindset, then he's not going to go chasing the bag. That he's going to stay here because there's not a team out there that is on our level that can afford to bring them in. Hall so is if gonna, he's going to go somewhere else, he's going to go on a team on um, team lower. I think Hall's the, the interesting one. Like if, if he does, the Bruins don't sign him, which I kind of think they will. Yeah. Um, and he makes it to UFA. Like if you're Ryan Nugent Hopkins and you see Taylor Hall also going and you play the same position. Wow. All of a sudden you're, you know, there's a lot of good wingers on the market. So I'm hopeful when the boy comes back, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, Dan, speaking of the Bruins, your Tuka Rask dream is now dead. Um, I know you were really holding out hope for Tuka Rask coming to Edmonton. Oh, uh, what he said? He came out today and basically said, well, yeah, he's going to be out till January of 2022. And then he said, if he plays anywhere, it's going to be in Boston. He has no interest going anywhere else. He was like, my family's in Boston. I don't want to leave them. So Tuka Rask saying he's going to lock it up. And I like that idea too. I like like a veteran goalie. I know Mike Smith is also a veteran goalie, but Rask has had like a really good proven track record of performing in the playoffs and he was only 34. But um, yeah, they're, the goaltending thing is going to be interesting too because we haven't even heard a lot about what their plan is there to run with Mike Smith. I just, the more I think about it, the more I feel like it's going to be the same duo again. Oh God. I just, I just the more I think about it, I, I'm not saying that's what I want. I just feel like that's what's going to happen. I don't think they can. They've been telling us for two years, you know, we can't do much in the summer. I'm sorry. It's yeah. the summer. It's this summer we're, ta- we're in right now. Okay, they've been selling it to us. We've been okay, I'm with fine, you. whatever. I'm with you. I just and I think they and I think they have, they have to. They have to, and I think they will. Um, they might. I, I think, think if anything, I think they might overpay for somebody that we didn't. That's what I'm a little bit worried about because if you watched last year, I think the three guys we kind of thought about or had kind of a high on our list kind of went one, two, three really, really quickly. And you know, I think Holland was in on all three of them. Just obviously didn't win any of them. Um, that might scare him a bit. And to avoid having the same situation as last year and the same duo coming into this year, I think you might see him pull the trigger a little bit quicker and therefore spend maybe a little bit more or a term. I wonder. I'm not about, saying I like it. I just, yeah. I just, I just no, I, fair enough. I get it. Enough. I wonder about Peter Morazic. His value is not going to be there. very high coming off the year he had in Carolina. And him and Ken Holland have a history. Is he. Like, again, the reason I like Grask with you, Dan, is because, like, proven playoff guy, right? Mm-hmm. And Morazic has a bit of a history in him of playing good in the playoffs with Carolina as well. I wonder if Morazic isn't, like, Tuka Rask light, where he's only going to cost you probably, like, three mil. History with Holland, like you said, bag mil. Morazic's an interesting name for me. How old is he, though? 29. Fuck, that's... that's really? Man, that really? Guy, that's, a, that's a guy that you feel he's been around forever. Like yeah, Morazic. I feel like he was. We remember like, him going bananas at the World Juniors. Remember in Edmonton? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. He's only twenty. That, that would have well, seemed older. And when you look at the free agent list, other than him, the the pedigree just other than Rask and him, the, the pedigree just isn't that high. Like Frederick. I Anderson, like I like Anderson too. To be fair, but he doesn't have that playoff pedigree. No, he that, doesn't. That I could see. Like, you know, Rask could... is the winningest goalie in Boston Bruins history, which is crazy. That is nuts. 
the thing about Anderson, though, I wonder, uh, I'm not necessarily suggesting you others fish for him, but like, I wonder if he goes and does like a Tyson Berry type short term bet on himself type thing. You know who I'd watch if he does that? Pittsburgh. They need someone to play with Tristan Jari. I, I, I've, I've seen him connected to the Penguins. I wrote about it in my rumors blog. I think Anderson and Jari might be the duo in Pittsburgh next year. Isn't it funny how Pittsburgh's goaltending situation has turned out? They like, you know, oh. Flurry went off. They let him go because they had Matt Murray. Now Matt Murray's not even there, you know, hey, but like, Flurry's still lighting it up. It's funny how that happens all the time, though. Like, remember when Vancouver had Schneider and Luongo? Mm-hmm. And then they go and like totally pissed it away for a bit. And there was those few years where you're like, God, they are morons. What was Vancouver thinking? They had two great goalies. Now they have none. But then like Markstrom turns out to be sick and they got Horvat in the deal. So again, you have to flip back to like, oh damn, Vancouver did pretty good in those trades. It's and funny. then Schneider just fell off the earth somewhere. Yeah, after, you know what I mean? after what, what was that? What did they want for him from us? That's ridiculous. Look at it right now. What was it? What was it? Clef, it was like- Nurse and, and Leon or something like that. It was ridiculous. I don't remember. That's horrific. They wanted they wanted a lot, and he, they ended up shipping him out to uh, New Jersey instead, and got a lesser uh, lesser uh, total. Obviously, you don't want to do it in your division. Well, but they were asking for, and I, not, if I'm not mistaken, um, at this time, Nurse and and uh, Leon would have been just prospects, and I'm fairly yeah. certain Clefbaum was in there. So here here was the piece from Ben Kuzma of the Province. Edmonton specifically was rumored to have offered their first round pick and a high end prospect. Vancouver turned it down to take just the first round pick from New Jersey. But Ben Kuzma goes on to add um, the, there was a bigger package for Schneider. They could have had Darnell nurse and Oscar Clefbaum and the 19th or sorry. Yeah. Nurse and Clefbaum was the offer. Sorry. That was the final offer. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Can you imagine the illustrated nurse and Clef Mom versus Schneider? Nuts. <laughs> well, I don't know who our GM was at that time, but that guy deserves like, a piece of pizza or something for not doing that. It's it's interesting how that works. Hey, like the division thing. Okay, I get it. But like even <laughs> even Shirelli trying to fish for Dougie Hamilton from Boston, and they turned down a bigger offer to send him to Calgary because Shirelli just left there, and then we ended up getting fucking Reinhardt. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading this piece now. Don't get me wrong. Bo Horvat may well turn into a decent middle six center for the Canucks. However, he's unspectacular at best. <laughs> now he's the captain. Uh, he's now he's the captain and arguably the most consistent player on their team. But like, I was laughing about this the other day too. I know we're getting a little off topic, but like I was laughing at the Habs when they did Weber for Subban. I'm like, you guys are fools. You took the old aging D-man and gave up on this young up and coming puck mover. Bergevin's an idiot. And then like three years later, Subban's getting dished around for second round picks and having his cabernet. And he's working as an analyst with ESPN while Shea Weber's logging 25 a night for the Habs. Hilarious. At the very beginning though, Shea Weber had some serious injury issues. He did his foot. They were talking about, he might have to retire and like how the cap restructure would fuck everyone up. Like it would have with Luongo or like it did with Luongo. Vancouver has him on the books. I feel like we don't talk about that enough either with the Canucks in that whole debacle. Luongo is still on the books at da, 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 where is he? Oh, maybe he's not on the books anymore. Didn't they change that? Because if what, there was that thing, like if Weber no, yeah, retired, he's on the books, $3 million next year as well. A recapture penalty. <laughs> Cause remember <laughs> what was the last like, time you played for him? Yeah. That was the Kovalchuk rule. Yeah. Uh, they, he, when was the last time he laced up for them though? Or no, it was the Marion or the Marion Hosa rule. No, he retired. 
Uh, no, I think you're thinking of Kovalchuk when he signed that mega yeah. deal in New Jersey and then dipped to go to the KHL. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then just came back. <laughs> just, okay. The but, like, do, you remember before they, do you remember before they changed that rule, though? Like, if Shea Weber retired, it would have been Nashville would have been on the hook for, like, 20-something million dollars or something like that? There's a chance still that if he retires at some point in the next few years, Nashville's on the hook for, like, two years at, like, $9 million a season or some absurd shit. Like, it's fucked it's so funny but there was a point where the cap it would have been like 23 million dollars and yeah. nashville could have been forced into a rebuild if shea weber retired because they wouldn't have been able to afford a roster could you oh, imagine man. 23 million in dead cap space yeah we're getting upset about sexy reg at 1.5 next year we're getting yeah. upset about we're getting upset about shore at 850 yeah <laughs> like with shore it's a, it's a hundred thousand dollars over league minimum like they almost literally could pay the guy less and people are like what a waste he's gonna block benson what <laughs> what are we even doing here? i do I, I i i am interested in seeing what uh tyler can bring i don't yeah, see I mean, a I place think, in the lineup anymore for him i don't think he sticks to be honest I just got, I can't find a spot for him. Like when you look at it, the type of player he is, he's not a, a bigger body. That's kind of what you need in the a little middle bit slower. of your, of, yeah. Um, I know he's been working on his PK this year. Uh, he wanted to do that because he knew if he was going to make a roster that he needed to play special teams. He was never going to make the first line power play here. So that his best option is the PK. So him and Crawford worked on that last season, but even really? still, um, you also I have, don't think I just don't I don't see the type of player how that type of player fits in our roster right now. And also same position, Holloway left him on the depth chart without even playing a pro game. So yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. But that that's good though. Is, that's so. what that's good depth, right? When you can have a couple young guys battling for spots and mix in good veterans in there as well. That's that is how good hockey organizations operate. What does Ken Holland call it? A good hockey program. Uh, Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can you imagine if the Oilers like win a cup and Ken Holland in his press conference right after he's on the ice? He goes, Can't wait to come back to the fans in Detroit. <laughs> Wrong team, Ken. Wrong team. Uh, Bring this right. back to Joe Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, Coming back to Joe Lewis. Finally, <laughs> he throws an octopus on the ice himself. <laughs> Ken Holland shirtless swinging an octopus as the Oilers win a Stanley Cup. That's what we want. Oh, uh, do they still he's do the that? He's the Brett Hall. The fun police kill that. Uh, I don't know. They, I think they do it officially themselves now. I think they have like one fan Boring. that does it and they throw it on the ice and then everybody goes crazy and it's like agreed to that that's the way it is because then that that attendant comes out and whips that thing around like he's done it a thousand times in his life, which he has. <laughs> I used to love the stories when I was a little kid, like in the 90s. Tyler, I remember you were, I know you weren't born then, but like no, I was not. Uh, in the 90s when you have those stories about fans sneaking in an octopus taped to their leg or whatever yeah. and then they huck it on the Dude, ice. Dude, they'd and- have like 20 octopus like throughout the game, you know, yeah. like 10, 20 octopus. Like, dude, they weren't all coming at once. You had to hold that thing. You're waiting for your buddy to score. It. You're like, this is my favorite player. I'm going to whip it out there. He doesn't score till halfway through the third. Like, like, you have to, like tuck that oh. under your arm. Is that your beer drinking arm? Like, just think of like what's happening. Just, it's like somebody's dripping down your side. Like <laughs> <laughs> you got a little tentacle popping up the bottom of your jeans, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. All right. Uh, let's wrap this up with hot and cold performers brought to you by deuce vodka. Prairie spirit. Second to none. They're our official fun sponsor on the pod. We love deuce vodka. They got original. They got neon Brett Kissel's own deuce vodka as bag milk would say, let's start with our veggies and our cold performers of the week. Uh, I'll come to you first, Rick. Uh, well, this is going to go back to something I saw on uh, Twitter uh, last night. 
Um, June is the uh, Gay Pride Month. And then we had somebody in our city, unfortunately, run up on somebody's lawn and rip down their gay pride flag. Oh, yeah. Uh, however, that's just being stupid. What it has turned into is a lot more people coming out and just, I think, in spite of said person, putting them out on their lawns now. So I think uh, in this day and age, um, with everything going around every all over this world, we just need to open our hearts to everybody and stop doing this bullshit. I don't care if you don't care, if you don't like it, whatever, keep it to yourself. But hey, everyone just let, leave them be. I just realized since I'm not with the roadcaster, I don't have my buttons. So, so I will, you're gonna have yeah. to make you're gonna have yeah. to mouse the buttons. So, uh, oh, that's cold. All right, uh, Nathan, <laughs> Dan, you're up next. It just had the it had the right amount of dryness to it, but it works. Um, for me, it's just something that was just mentioned in our last segment when we talk about uh, players coming to the team and signing a player. Uh, the people that say that signing such and such a player is blocking another player from making the team can just go away. I cannot stand that take. If you're not good enough to be on the team because another player got signed, you're not good enough to be on the team. That's the end of the conversation. Yeah. I don't know why that's I don't know why that's a, a reason why we shouldn't sign a better player and bring that player onto the team if Tyler Benson or whoever is blocked in your mind isn't good enough to be on your team. Don't be upset about it. Be happy that you signed somebody that's better. So you are my cold performer of the week. Burr. Bag milk? Uh, my cold performer of the week is the Buffalo Sabres for saying, no, Jack Eichel, you can't quit. You're fired. <laughs> I think that it was hilarious. Friedman, I think he did one of his hits, and he was speculated that the, the Sabres are done with Jack Eichel as if he wasn't done with the Sabres long ago. So Buffalo Sabres, you're late to the party. Jack's already done. He's already done. And you can't tell him that he's fired because he's already quit. Buffalo Sabres cold form of the week. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. All right. Uh, my, my, my cold performer of the week. I wasn't sure how much we were going to get into it. Um, and we got into a bit, but I'm going to say uh, the departure of my boy, Gaetan Haas. His first season here, he was my favorite weather. I loved him. He was skating hard, skated like the wind. I wanted better things for Gaetan Haas as an Edmonton Oiler. So he is going to go down as my cold performer of the week. Um, I don't know what button I should impersonate. I'll get it for you, Tyler. There you go. Let's get, let's flip the ledger here. Go to our hot performer of the week. And uh, Rick, I'll start with you. <laughs> uh, I don't know if who, who's watching the Euro here, but if you watch the, the intro to it, so I don't know who to give this to, but the, whoever made the intro and then the when they had the ball delivered to uh, to the Doughton Center there, they had like a little, I think it's a little Volkswagen uh, RC type of car take it out there. <laughs> Just the showmanship for the for the Euro here. I, I like this kind of stuff. Hot performers, you guys got to go. Bye. Okay. See ya. Our, our good friend Bag Milk had to run in a hurry to get off this podcast, which is actually why uh, I, I was hosting this week. So uh, Bag Milk gives uh, or names us his hot performer of the week. Uh, Dan, your hot performer of the week. Okay, so this one I, I've 
I've shied away from giving you guys too many recommendations for Netflix during this pandemic, but I have to highly recommend uh, Formula One Drive okay. to Survive. It is an absolutely amazing show. It's really well done. And then it got me back into Formula One racing, which I haven't paid attention to since Jacques Villeneuve was tearing up the course against Michael Schumacher and the only Canadian to ever win a Formula One Drivers' Championship uh, back in 1997. So my first race was this weekend. There was tires exploding loading on the middle of straight runaways uh there was intrigue between teams where uh uh play or racers were told not to go into the pits and then they actually got in trouble for that uh just just an exciting sport to enjoy on a weekend morning early in the morning rick is upset by my hot performer no 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 not at all not i had a question like is it is it is it real like is it a biography is it about actual races so so yeah great question Fantastic question. What it is, is the races that you watch on the weekend are two hours long and that's it. They only have two hours to cover that stuff. So what this does is it goes through the season, but not following the season regimentally. Like it doesn't go race one, race two, race three. It follows different storylines that you can follow along with. But of actual racers and like today's version. Yep, exactly. Because what happens in F1 is there's different echelons of skill and talent. And so like the top three teams compete against each other. And then the top six teams below them compete against each other and so on i liked watching back in the schumacher days when both schumachers are racing and then i really got uh when they brought in the whole um tire rules and they kind of took the strategy out of it by trying to make everything a little more fair yeah um they took strategy out of it and i kind of lost interest at that point so um yeah no i i used to watch all the time 100%. 100%. Now you you get you get the intrigue, you get the excitement of the lower yeah. tier racing teams and you get to actually find out about everybody on the course as opposed to the 2-hour broadcast where you're just talking about the Schumachers, the Lewis Hamiltons, the for the, most know, part, the, yes, the yes, top yes. the top guys. So, yeah, Formula 1 Drive to Survive, you're my Deuce Walk hot performer of the week. Pew 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 pew. pew. Uh, my hot performer of the week, <laughs> Bag Milk gave them the cold performer of the week, but I Eichel and the Sabres are getting my hot performer. They're going to make this summer fun. We're going to get to see a blockbuster trade at some point now these two sides hate each other and you know what if you're an oilers fan who's going to complain about what they've been able to do with Connor mcdavid consider yourself lucky you're not a sabers fan they've somehow found a way to just blow this thing up and it'll be fun to watch where jack eichel goes hopefully not into the pacific division though uh so the eichel and sabers drama gets my hot performer of the week i like Uh, chicken (laughs) i like fried chicken <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> shout out to everyone for tuning in. Shout out to Deuce Vodka, Sherwood Ford, Cornerstone Insurance, and Skip the Dishes. Shout out to you three. Well, two of you now because Bag Milk's gone. Uh, but this was a lot of fun, guys. Episode 143 of this Nation Radio is over. Shout out Kevin Adams. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.